0: You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 17, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are...
1: Eli. And Adam.
0: We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our Toy of the Week, is the Kyoto Revoltech Evangelion Evolution Production Model 3, and our discussion topic is Collection, Display, and Storage. gents, how are we this week?
2: Good.
1: Yeah, good.
0: Excellent, excellent. All right, well, I hope we've had a
2: busy week. What have you been up to, Elo? Uh, yes, been very busy, lots of work and enjoying the uh, long weekend.
0: Yes, yes, it's always a fun time of the year. God bless the Queen. So, mm. uh, For our uh, overseas listeners, the uh, there's a long weekend in June. We have a, a Monday off uh, every year, thanks to the Queen's birthday. So...
2: Which isn't really the Queen's birthday. it's
0: not, because it moves around every year, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So it's probably, you know, that one weekend of the year where most Aussies get behind the monarchy and and thank them very much for that extra day off. So, yes. uh, What about yourself, Adam?
1: Uh, Ploughing through the Song of Fire and Ice books and organising for heating and cooling solutions for the house. So (laughs) a couple of weeks' time, toasty warm.
0: You're, uh, you're you're very practical. I think it was a couple of weeks ago you were getting tyres for the car and now you're getting heaters put in. And
1: Yeah, well, it was interesting because when I did the tyres, it was just uh wandered down the road and talked to the heating and cooling people and now it's pretty much just wait for them to put it in. So
0: Fair enough. You're obviously not a true nerd because a true nerd would wear like seven pairs of pants just so they could save money and buy more toys.
1: Yeah, well, funny you should say that because pretty much – since we've got no real heating, we pretty much just put the electric blanket on and and lie on the bed and read all day. Fair (laughs)
0: enough. (laughs) It's been a pretty busy week at work for me, but uh, I managed to get out and see Prometheus, which um, I've been very keen to see. Uh, It's one of those films that uh, I've been so sort of excited for that I've tried to avoid a a lot of the the discussion, online discussions and trailers and things, because um, I just didn't want to catch that one snippet that might, sort of, you know, give give too much away of the plot. So um, I got along to see that, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and it was a, a good entry into the into the series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one at some
1: stage. Should be good. Um, do you reckon it's one of those when you watch the now, what, five movies? You're going to have to watch start with Prometheus, or do you reckon watch the other four and then watch Prometheus?
0: No, I think it, it, it does tie into Alien um, a little bit there's yep. it's, it's obviously set in the same universe and it does answer a lot of questions about alien that, that fans have wondered over the years so i won't give any more away uh, it does end up with more questions that don't have answers but um i mean it's ridley scott i love ridley scott um I, you know i enjoy all of his films except that one with russell crowe yeah, he's in france and i'm not even going to talk about it because i pretend it doesn't exist um and I just love everything he does. And the one thing about his movies is they're just beautiful to look at. And this film is no exception. It is just stunning. Um, it really is. So, yeah, anyway, might have to revisit it once you guys have been along to see it. Mm. All right, well, let's get moving and we'll come back with some articulated news.
3: Big Jim's World of Adventure starring Big Josh with Talking camp Pack. <laughs> You unload the Big Jim Sports Camper gear. Big Josh says, Bring the boat and fishing gear. And you know the dinner will soon be here. Big Josh says, Let's find some firebun. Now this camp is looking like a good camp should. Big Josh with Talking Camp Pack is sold separately. Big Jim Sports Camper comes with fishing boat and gear from Mattel. Before we get to our main features,
0: we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated News is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Now just remember, we're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in, and that have captured our interest this week. So guys, it's been a fair bit going around. We're starting to see some of the San Diego Comic Con exclusives trickle in, and we'll get to those in just a minute. But uh, Adam, you've got something up first.
1: Yep, so the next two rounds of that Minimates um, choose your own adventure polar up. Um, one of them had choices between Gladiator, Luke Cage, or modern Luke Cage, Banshee, Songbird, Black Knight, uh, Steve Rogers in his, well, recent Commander Steve Rogers outfit, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yeah. And the other one, which has just gone up in the last couple of days, is choice between Baron Strucker, Abomination, Vengeance, Mojo, Baron Zemo, Wrecker, Apocalypse, and Onslaught. Geez, it's
0: a bit of a bummer that that's actually even a choice. I mean, uh, if I was a Minimates collector, given how much I love the Marvel Universe, I'd take all of those.
1: Mm. It's definitely better than the first round where they had, you know, bloody Wolfman, Captain America, and. <laughs> Iron Man 2020
0: and weird rubbish like that, like Cyborg Spider-Man. Yeah, and I think Cap Wolf was our, our number one choice, and that was that was kind of like a be- you know best, what was it? Um, worst of the, yeah, it was just a bit dodgy. So I, I don't understand. I mean, they they seem like pretty prime characters. Why wouldn't they just include all of those in future releases? Yeah, don't
1: know. Bizarre.
0: Very strange. So, how many of those figures will end up getting made?
1: Um, I'm assuming that they're doing the standard wave, which is what four or f- uh, five or six of the the normal ones, in an army builder or two. So, okay, assuming right. more or less the same as normal.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll stay tuned and see how that comes out. And I think we mentioned last time if there's any really devoted mini mate fans out there that would like us to vote on one of their characters on their behalf, then, you know, please let us know, please email through and uh, we'll, get the, we'll rally the crew to get some votes for you. So, alright, well moving on, um, Eli, you've seen some more Marvel stuff around.
2: Yeah, we're seeing um some new Marvel Legends stuff uh particular come out this week. So there's um uh Punisher and Blade uh figures coming out in, in the Marvel Legends banner. And yeah. there's also the um the San Diego um Comic Con X Force three pack um under the Marvel, Marvel Legends banner. And there's also a Master, Masters of Evils set um, for San Diego as well, and that's the Marvel Universe scale. Yeah, they, they're certainly sort
0: of cranking out the reveals. I'm actually wondering, we always have that big fear that we'll get to San Diego and these companies don't have much to reveal, but if this is the sort of stuff they're starting to reveal before the show, I'm actually wondering you know what sort of good stuff we're going to get. I'm assuming when it comes to Marvel Legends that they They must be ready to reveal sort of future teasers or even future figures such as waves four and five,
2: yeah think so yeah
0: I mean the, both the Punisher and blade figures are in wave three, and we've actually known uh for quite a while that they've been coming, so uh it's certainly taken a long time to get anything from those two,
2: yeah, those um. The, they're, I think they're kind of they're, those two figures are meant to be like a Marvel Knights um, theme of figures from what I've what I've read. Um, the uh, I think it's based on the art of what's the guy's name? Um, where is it? It should be here. Clayton Crane art. oh that's right. Yeah, he's yes. uh,
0: doing the designs.
2: So it's Punisher Blade, and there may be a, a Deadpool coming as well. Um, the same same designs. Yeah.
0: Look, I don't have any problems with Blade. Uh, I'm except for the extensive reuse. I mean, both the Punisher and Blade figures look like they're almost uh, complete copies of the Ultimate Nick Fury that we got a few years ago. Um, certainly the. Um, the, the legs, um, the legs and waist, et cetera, are all from that figure. And the trench coat just seems to be getting a real workout and we're, we're seeing the trench coat used repeatedly.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, I wow. think some of the details are, are okay, but yeah, I mean, they don't do much for me and I'm not a big fan of those, um. Uh, exaggerated facial expressions. I I prefer a generic
1: head.
0: (laughs) 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 Who are (laughs) misses? What about you, Adam? You're not particularly thrilled?
1: No, not really. I mean, two characters I don't really care that much about. I don't know. I'm just kind of sitting there going, well, really do I need more Marvel Legends? Yeah. I'm not going to be going back and getting all the, the earlier characters that I've missed, so I might as well just stick with my Marvel Universe. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to put Blade on my shelf and replace the the Wesley Snipes one. I mean, this one's uh, a little bit more comic book. Um... Hmm. Friendly, certainly not the original um, look that Blade had in, in his original sort of '70s appearances. But um, the Punisher is the one that's got me a little sort of—I uh, don't know. I mean, it's—I think it was originally announced as a Jim Lee um, Punisher War Journal styled Punisher. Uh, hmm. Jim Lee did the covers for, for the, the first series of Punisher War Journal, and it's kind of weird, given that Jim Lee's so prevalent at DC, why Marvel would sort of go out of their way to do a Jim Lee Punisher, unless it's just on name recognition alone. Mm,
2: yeah, I can't say it looks particularly like it.
0: No, no, I, I would have thought that um, you, you, they'd be better off going with something more like a Tim Bradstreet. Uh, mm. Tim Bradstreet did the, the sort of the painted covers for the Punisher for years and years. and Yeah, that
2: was the Marvel Knights run, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Long- yeah, and and then it went to Marvel Max, and um, I think some of those those covers were just absolutely epic. But the other one I actually thought they might have done was the Ariel Olivetti when they relaunched Punisher War Journal and Ariel Olivetti was doing the art, and uh, they sort of had this really large oversized sort of Punisher and uh, I thought that was quite effective too but anyway, they've gone with a Jim Lee styled Punisher from so long ago that many of us probably won't remember it (laughs) So, (laughs) but certainly the the X-Force 3 pack um, I'm going to give them credit I'm going to give Hasbro some credit for not doing another one of those monster um, exclusives Uh, last year we had the Sentinel and the year before that it was Galactus uh, and for those of us that actually live on the other side of the ocean, um, that was certainly a killer when it came to freight. So this is something that's just a that little bit more friendly.
2: Mm. I can't say I'm a big fan of the of the figures themselves, though. Um, from what I can see, the the, the Wolverine looks looks great. Yeah. Um, Psylocke, I don't know if it's just a female buck thing, but looks a bit dodgy to me. And I'm um, undecided about Archangel. I'd, I think I'd have to see some better
1: shots, but. Um, no.
2: That
0: does look a bit better than the last one, though. It does. Um. I mean, I've pretty much got everything Marvel Legends, and I look at that set, and my first thoughts are uh, I don't need another Wolverine, given that we already had an X-Force Wolverine in the Red Hulk series, who's a, a variant. Um the Psylocke, yeah, look, it's a bit of an improved sculpt, um, but I don't necessarily need a Psylocke in the X Force costume. So really the the only one out of the set that I'm interested in is Archangel, and I'd prefer Archangel in a more traditional costume. So I mm. uh, I'm not exactly overwhelmed by that one.
2: No, no. I mean it might look might look better in the in the flesh. But um uh, mm. all right, we shall see. Mm, and... but, but what I'm actually surprised about is that, um, that Marvel Universe Masters of Evil set. We were, we were having a bit of a chat before, and I actually didn't realise that that's Marvel Universe scale. I thought it was Marvel Legends scale, because they look really good.
0: Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm not across a lot of the... Um certainly the the Bucks and that that they've used for Marvel Universe so I can't sort of immediately look at a figure and tell if if there's been extensive reuse or how much new tooling has gone into it, but they certainly do look good
1: Yeah I I mean, there wouldn't be too much that you'd have to change on many Marvel Universe figures, I mean, Zemo you've probably got what, standard Buck plus a bit of frilliness, Tiger Shark pretty much looks like he's constrictor but, you know, repainting without all the grooves and Radioactive man. Probably just a standard buck with, you know, a tunic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're pretty keen to this set, aren't you, Adam?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't see how I can possibly pass that up. So yeah. Yeah. I just it's have a- to find someone that I don't have to kill to get it. And yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's actually a really interesting choice of characters because um, if memory serves, I don't think those three characters have ever been in the Masters of Evil at the same time. So uh, I think Zemo and um, the Radioactive Man were in the original Masters of Evil and Radioactive Man sort of hung in there for a few more iterations. But I think by the time Tiger Shark came along, Zemo was kind of gone. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting choice. Hmm. Yeah, all right. And, um, yeah, one last thing. I suppose you guys have started to spot the amazing Spider-Man merchandise hitting stores.
2: That's the rumour. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it myself. I've
1: seen it a couple of places. So, I've seen it, Toys Aren't Us, um, most of the line, although I think I saw some other stuff at, at Target, but, you know, I think the only thing I really care about that much is maybe the superposable, hyper-articulated, whatever they're calling it, one, but that's in the movie costume, so I'm not 100% sold. And
0: Yeah, yeah. But, it, I think it's not until you see one of the toys in the flesh that you get a really good understanding of how much the costume has changed for, for this film. Mm. I mean, I saw the figures the other day, I think it was in Target, and I wasn't particularly, um, I mean, I'm not a three and three quarter collector anyway, but uh, I wasn't particularly blown away by them. And once again, we've got those three and three quarter figures, but then those, those sort of weird larger scale figures with next to no articulation that like only a four year old would want.
2: Are they the ones with the the action feature?
0: Yeah, it's like we had the Avengers ones as well that, that hit here. are oh, um, those ones basic sort of articulation at the shoulders and the neck, and you know not mm. a whole lot else. So, so pretty underwhelming. But um, the other thing I've actually noticed is that we're we're also not getting volumes of toys. So we we do actually get some new stuff, but the days of seeing pegs and pegs of figures are, um, I think, behind us. I think there are too many. Um, Too many retailers have been stuck with excess stock and so they're just not committing to sort of the the, the big scale sort of events anymore. Mm, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but look, that's, uh, that's something that um, I think we might actually cover in a future discussion topic. We've had a few people comment uh, just about, you know, what are the differences between Australia and the US in particular as far as availability and price. And, yeah, I think maybe we'll, we'll come back in a few podcasts' time and have a bit of a talk about that. That's okay. good. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I think that uh, wraps up the articulated news. We'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That.
3: Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh no, it's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Wet tastic action, coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's track. Quack!
0: Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action
2: figures, out now.
0: Each week on the AFB podcast, we have a visit from our friend John, also known as Engineer Nerd, from the website tvandfilmtoys.com. Engineer nerd brings us our mystery sound each week. And, guys, any ideas what last week's toy was?
2: No, <laughs> nah, not <at> <laughs>
0: Geez, we're getting really bad at this. I'm actually not even getting. I think we're there.
2: <laughs> I've never been good at um, any of his games.
0: No, I, I and this week, you know, he it is actually a toy that he held up to the microphone. So it's like, okay, I can get this. You know, there's only so many toys that make noises. I, I should, you know, I should be okay. And then I had no idea. <laughs> so I feel really bad. I feel like I just have to get one of them because I'm actually pretty good at his um, his regular. Uh, name that where he uh, gives us the silhouette of a toy and you have to guess what it is and his other one is uh, uh, an accessory of some kind and uh, John has an extensive collection so those accessories are very broad indeed so all right well if we uh, once again uh, are stumped we might just uh, hand over to John and it's time for another answer and clue in the Name That audio game. So over to John for all the fun. Hi,
2: my name is... What? My name is... What? My name is... What? What? Sadie. Why? My name is huh? My name is... What? My name is... <laughs> what? My name is... Uh, uh, what? My name is... Excuse my me. What? My name is... Can what? I have the attention my name of the class? Huh? My name for one second. Like
3: Hello again, Action Figures. This is Engineer Nerd with another edition of the audio version of Name That. Um, Last time we met, you got to hear an actual action figure sound, and it sounded like this. Ah! This figure also says its own name, which, if I can get it to do it, this will reveal the answer. No, not my star. Or not. George Sanderson here. That's right. This is George Sanderson from the Monsters Inc. line. Uh, Some of you may remember I used his Cone of Shame as a uh, picture name that a while back on TV and Film Toys. Now for this week, we've got another retro commercial. This one, the toy itself, probably looks as different as Uh, This commercial sounds, so take a listen.
2: Activate eye scanner, energize pulsator, aim
1: laser pistol. And
3: one more time.
1: Activate eye scanner, energize pulsator, aim laser pistol.
3: If you think you know what that is, go over to the Action Figure Blues uh, forum and post a note. We've got a thread set up for this, so uh, I'd be curious to hear what your guesses are. Even if you don't think you got it right, go over and make a guess anyway. Uh, This is Engineer Nerd saying peace out.
2: My name, is, what? my name is, my name is, <laughs> what? my name is, name's huh? Sadie. My name is, what? my name is, my name is, my name is, my name is, excuse my me. me. My name is, <laughs> can I have the attention yeah. my name of the class uh. my name is, for one second? Uh,
0: well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And this week, Adam has the Toy of the Week. So, over to
1: you, Adam. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, for those of you that are into anime, you probably recognise the name Neon Genesis Evangelion. It um, became almost an instant classic from 1995 when it was released, and then I think it was a couple of years before those of us that couldn't understand Japanese got to have a look at it. Um, in any case, it was a, an interesting show, ran for, what, 26 episodes or something, very heavy themes, um, and the end of the series just baffled so many people it wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> for a couple of movies to try and clarify things, and I think for a lot of people that just made it even weirder.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's handy.
1: Yeah. Um, in any case, I love that show back in when I was in uni, and as a result, I've been on a quest to pretty much assemble as many of the, the robots from this show as possible. Um, so this week I've gone for the Kyoto Revoltech Yamaguchi Evangelion Evolution Evangelion Production Model 3, which um, has, <laughs> <laughs> has,
2: that just rolled has off the number tongue. <laughs>
1: 106 in the series of Revoltech figures. Right. Um, and if that's not a big enough mouthful for you, I don't know what will be. But, uh, <laughs> so you... Now I'm just going to call it Unit 3. <laughs> All
0: right. Can you just run us through some of that? I take it Kyoto are the manufacturers. Yeah. And Revoltech is the actual styling or the line.
1: Yeah, and then I think Yamaguchi is also something to do with the line as well. Right. Um, and then Evangelion Evolution seems to be something about it, you know, specifically related to Evangelion. And then you get into the actual name of the toy, which is the Evangelion Production Model 3.
0: Right. right. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy. <laughs> um So I guess uh those familiar with Revoltech toys be able to describe, you know, just how wonderful the packaging is. You get a, a lovely artistic shot on the front of the box the box then opens with a book fold kind of flat that's velcroed shut just so it never opens in transport you get all kinds of here's the little bits and pieces you get a guide on the inside of the front cover and all kinds of posing instructions or ideas on the the back and the front just mad as far as how much detail they put into just a box alone right i mean If you're just after collecting toy boxes, it's a beautiful box to have.
0: Um, Do you reckon that's something that actually has uh, an effect on their bottom line? Like, do you think they do this knowing that that could potentially push the price up, but it's worth it?
1: I reckon they might. I mean, these things aren't, you know, necessarily cheap to begin with. They go for, what, mid $40 minimum. so. I don't know how much of that is the box, but I guess it's kind of a, well, you're spending enough money with us, we might as well give you something to make you feel a bit happier about spending that much in the first place. Yeah. I don't think it costs that much to put a box together with that level of detail, but yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Is, is the box something that you can reuse? Can you take the figure out and put it back in for display? And
1: yes, yes, you can. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, so. Back to the actual figure itself, I mean, Unit 3 only appears in one episode of the series, I think, once you ignore flashbacks and whatever. Um, So the fact that it gets its own figure with this level of detail is just colossally insane. I mean, it's got multiple heads. um, It's got, like, seven sets of hands. uh, comes with a figure stand. It's got, you know, in the series they've all got these... um, Power cables that plug into the back of the robot. So you get one of those. Um, you get in the in the show um, the Evangelion turns into an angel, which is what they're all fighting for the whole time. Um, and so it comes with the ability to take off the big shoulder pylon-y things that they keep weapons and whatnot in, and put on some angel arms. So it's got four arms. And,
0: oh, yeah, cool.
1: And those arms aren't just you know our gumby little arms, whatever. They're a full blown arm. They've got elbow articulation and wrist articulation, and um, they don't have an interchangeable set of hands, which I thought was a bit weak given everything else that it's got. But you know, yeah, it's got another set of interchangeable forearms that have extendable arms. Uh, just, just ridiculous levels of detail on this thing,
0: and seven sets of hands. That's
1: seven sets of hands. That's pretty
0: impressive. I think we'd have to check with Andy and his Hot Toys Blade figure, but uh, we could have a, a front runner for a record there.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what what anyone wants seven hands for. I don't know why you'd do that rather than just give you finger articulation and two sets of hands or something.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to actually think of, you know, seven different hands. I mean, generally you get the closed fist, the open hand. Um, Jazz hands. Yeah, that's right, in case you want to play the trumpet.
2: and Yeah,
1: yeah so you've got all kinds of weird gripping, throwing... Karate chop hand and... Gun-holding hands. The, uh,
0: oh, yes, the karate chop or waving goodbye hand, yep.
1: Yeah, it's just ridiculous.
0: Cool. Anyway, sorry, we're digressing there. <laughs> Back to you.
1: Yeah, um, so, you know, the the swap-out head, there's a swap-out head and neck, um, so you can swap the head from one that's just a fixed closed mouth to one that opens at the mouth. Um, you don't get to swivel so much at the, the head-to-neck joint, but, you know, you get a, an amazing capability there with the ability to open a mouth that otherwise wouldn't. Um, and when you open the mouth on this thing, it doesn't just, you know, oh, yeah, okay, the mouth opens as a hinge. It's actually changes the eyes of uh, the Evangelion from, you know, kind of I'm a friendly Eva to I've gone burkin' crazy.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Um, what else do you get? Uh, you get um, <laughs> an interchangeable entry plug cover, so you can have either an entry plug cover or you can have the, the goop, mucusy stuff in the show that prevents them from ejecting the entry plug during this episode.
0: That uh, almost sounds dirty.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you get you know diorama pieces. You get um, blood splats for you know having them rip each other apart. <laughs> of course. Them, and, yeah, and I mean even the the, the dust cloud ha- that has a bust of unit one. For whatever reason, they've given that articulation on the head and the ability to open and close a mouth.
0: It's just <laughs> nuts. Okay, I'm starting to get a bit of an idea as to why the retail price is the the what it is. Yeah. I
1: mean, I just, I can't fathom, like I, I love it to bits, but I can't fathom how on earth you'd expect that this is going to be a, a huge need for any of this stuff, right? I mean, clearly it's aimed at collectors, clearly it's aimed at people with enough money, but it's yeah. outstanding. Yeah.
0: So, Adam, are you the kind of person who who does wander past the figure occasionally and swaps out the hands and repositions it, or do you kind of just pick your favourites from what's available, pose it and leave it?
1: No, yeah, I'll I'll pick it up and move it around a bit and what have you. Um, I don't necessarily swap the hands too much because they're a bit too fiddly. Um, But one of the things with this figure, you know, sometimes posing it's a bit hard because it's got four arms at the top. It's top-heavy.
2: Oh, okay,
0: yep. Um,
1: so you go for all manner of crouching poses or you're taking arms off or, you know, are using a figure stand or what have you. So.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Mm. Okay. So when did this figure actually come out?
1: I think it came out last year, maybe. Oh. Um, there's a whole series of them, and I'm, thinking, I'm just trying to think. It must have, must have been last year because Unit 6 came out last year, I think, as well.
0: Okay, so it actually sounds like that the Kyoto are uh, committed to just sort of getting them all out in the same series, the same sort of scale. and
1: Yeah. Um, I think my Unit 5s are slightly off-scale, but I don't know if that's just, you know, how they're doing it or whatever, but it's uh, close. Hang on, Unit 5? Unit 5, I don't know. They've changed some of the unit numbers for the re-release, rebuild series or whatever it was okay. um, of the show. Yeah. Which is what these are all from, so they're not the classic... It's always necessarily
2: the classic what you remember kind of thing, so
0: yeah OK. so um, so how tall are they? Because I find this is one of those sort of strange toys. I don't know about you guys, but every now and then uh, in my sort of internet wanders, I'll come across something related to uh, you know anime, it might be Robotech, and you're looking at this really cool vehicle and it says, "One, 200 scale." And I sit there going, "Yeah, thanks, guys. That's that, that's really helpful because you know I'm I'm fully across how big giant robots or you know s- space battleship Yamato is. So telling me it's one two hundredth, you know, that's uh, that's really helpful. I
1: um, reckon so. these are what. So it comes up to about on the um, the recent Marvel Universe Galactus like comes one of these comes up to just above the bottom of his kilt. So that'd be what seven or eight inches, maybe." Okay. Um, but what the scale of that is, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember what the size of one of these things is meant to be in the series. I, you know. It's
0: a pretty brave robot that's prepared to look up Galactus's kilt.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he, my one is doing that pelvic thrust motion, if you've remembered the pictures <laughs> that I've put up before.
0: So. Yeah. Looks like he's uh, grooving on the dance floor. Yeah, he's
2: clearly up for it. They're very impressive. I've, you know, um, Hobby Co. in in Sydney. They've got a pretty nice display of all these types of figures. Yeah, they do. Really yeah. impressive. Where yeah. where did you get this from, Adam? There's, I know there's a shop in, uh, is it Rundle Mall in in Adelaide?
1: That's Movie ten- Maniacs. I'm not sure if it's still there. Um, I just got mine from Big Bad Toy Store. But uh, okay, um, I'd hate to think how much these would go for in store in Australia. Mm. Probably kill me to find
2: out. <laughs> no, it's actually I, – I, it's, it's movie Maniacs. Is that the one that sells a bunch of um, anime and manga stuff? It's a downstairs, downstairs shop or something? Uh, I, was, I was there last year, I think. Um, I had some work stuff, and I went down there and I saw. Um, I think we were talking about the Battle of the Planets Medicom figures uh, a okay. couple, few weeks back. Yeah. Actually, saw a really good price on the, uh, the not the premium versions, but I was just quite surprised about the amount of stuff in that shop. I have to find out what it was again.
1: Probably would have been Shin Tokyo. That's it. It was down near a JV Highway. Ah, That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That rings Shintokia. a bell. they they're good people. I haven't bought anything from them for a while, but yeah, good people.
2: Yeah, just keep it in mind.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, what would I give this thing overall? I don't know. It's hard to say. I'd probably give it about 9 out of 10.
0: Oh, that's impressive.
1: Um, but, yeah, like I've said, just the, the sheer possibility on it is ridiculous. And the the thing I do like about the Tech figures is you can pretty much pull anything apart and you ha- don't have to worry too much about, oh, have I broken it? I mean I've split one of the Revoltech ball joint things before and you just snap it back together and these guys come with like a plastic thin bit of plastic skirt for whatever reason around the waist joints and I was like, "Oh, just pulled it apart. Oh look, it's a Revoltech joint, fine, take the plastic out, put it back together and no worries.
0: Yeah. So obviously the 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 manufacturing or the workmanship is of uh, pretty decent quality then.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's not really much problem with any of the paint apps, and it's just highly, highly quality and reliable stuff.
0: Yeah. So, are these figures sort of still fairly easy to come by, or are they the sort of thing that sells out and then they command big prices on eBay? Or
1: um, I think some of them do sell out because they don't. They have the the standard versions, which is pretty much what I'm getting, and I think they don't sell out necessarily as quickly. But then they'll do, you know, variant ones with extra specy boxes or <laughs> this feature or that feature. Um they had one that was a an exclusive, um, I think it might have been a an actual Kyoto exclusive or something you could only get on the saw or something ridiculous and now it goes for about ninety to hundred bucks on eBay. Um but yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not really sure how they're gonna go as far as going up in prices, but they seem to hover around the forty five dollar mark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the good thing about this sort of thing is uh, I know that there is a sort of a bit of a niche market for this sort of stuff outside Japan, but back home in Japan, this kind of thing is just huge. So um, that's the sort of thing that will just keep coming, and obviously they'll revise in future years, and you'll always have available, um, you'll always have this sort of thing available for for those anime films that you love.
1: Yeah, I mean I had you know a couple of the earlier what Yamato... I think it was was putting some out at one point. i got a couple of the Amado figures, and then couldn't keep getting the Amado ones. But I mean, black and they were reasonable figures, but by comparison, they're just so much junk. Yeah, yeah, not worth having.
0: Yeah, I think I mentioned it in an episode a couple of weeks ago that when I was in Hong Kong and I walked into Toys R Us and Scott joked that the Toys R Us is exactly the same as what it was here and and that was actually true. But the only difference was they had this enormous section that was just devoted to sort of Gundam and and all the various sort of spin-off type um, series and merchandise and it was just enormous. They had big displays in glass cases and you know, uh, y- you wouldn't see anything like that here except for one or two specialty stores.
1: Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't know why people in, you know, the Western world don't get into giant robots fighting. I mean, come on, that's great stuff. That's, that's Godzilla stuff, you know, and we don't get into that for some reason.
0: Yeah. But then again, I suppose we have seen what happens when Spider-Man gets picked up by the Japanese and maybe we should all stick to our own thing. Oh, come on, that was good stuff. (laughs) It was almost as good as the,
1: what was it, the um, uh, Captain America done in Turkish or whatever it was. That that was another excellent movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to give me any more on that. I'm sold already.
2: (laughs) Did you guys see the Italian Spider-Man? I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of that, but it's just basically a, a bunch of, Promo trailer videos that have been recorded over the last decade or something, but the really '70s vibe, and it's—if you didn't know any better—you'd think it was actually '70s Italian movies. That have been <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and they, I think it might have even have been um, the South Australian Film Corp got onto it and said these guys can have some money, and they've made a 40-minute feature film that just got released um, oh, just I. recently. Yeah, so just get onto Vimeo, I think, um, and have a look for that one. It's, it's, yeah. Produ- production like values are awesome.
1: <laughs> I have a feeling it started somehow out of Flinders University or something in South Australia, but yeah, hundred percent sure.
0: That does but, uh, sound like a win. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well any any sort of final words on that, Adam, or are you happy to rest on a nine out of ten
1: dollars? Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> fair enough excellent uh,
0: you're not just being a bit of a harsh uh, harsh marker like Justin is with his uh, not be, uh, not being able to give 10s well
1: i don't know what more they really could do to give me my satisfaction to a 10 but you know clearly i'm not just going to give a 10 for anything so <laughs> fair they could they could have done more i'm not sure what but you know yeah, yeah. it would have been ridiculous to see what it would be
0: i, I actually sort of um I guess that reminds me that uh, pretty much all the toy of the week that we've done um, uh, since the podcast started have actually been quite favourable reviews with sort of a, a minimum 8 out of 10 dollies type of score. I think one of these weeks, one of us is going to have to do a toy of the week, which is something that we just absolutely despise so that we can just take it no,
1: apart. No, no, that's <laughs> not No, quite. that makes no sense. <laughs> makes it's like no giving a red card twice. <laughs>
2: I think, I think where we do, you know, like if there's something like, uh, you know, uh, when the Marvel Legends waves were released, you know, yeah. stuff, well, that's, that's news and interesting. I guess it's probably realistic. You're not going to give them all a good score, but yeah. I'm not going to talk about a figure I hate. Jesus, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because we, we do that in all the other segments, so, yeah, that's well, fair enough. <laughs> 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 all right, then. Well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week.
3: The name is Max I'm a skater blader One slice for me And it's... See you later Chester is my name And I like food I Like to squeeze bad guys with my wrestling move Her. My name is Angus Gus to my pals I'll make anything Into an arsenal Cornelius is my name Sammarize my thing Fight like the Warriors Sing like the King They call me Cliff And I like to climb Put the drop on Bad dudes anytime We're the Stone Protectors Our Stones of Power Glow
0: We're all here because we collect, so fitting the addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. All right, uh, Adam, anything interesting this week? Uh,
1: Not really. I ordered one of the old Sega Neon Genesis angels, Um, so obviously too much EVA discussions for me, and (laughs) also watching a Unit 4 Revoltech on eBay it has gone for like 90 bucks or something. Please don't buy it
0: instead of me. Yeah, you're not meant, you're not meant to mention it. Remember how Justin's buying back issues to the series that we can't mention.
1: Yeah,
2: well, kept you on know. blaming me as well.
0: <laughs> hey, he's got a right to defend himself.
2: <laughs> Attack and defend. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, classic, classic. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, no,
2: nothing else, Adam.
0: No, that's about it. Cool, cool. All right, Elo, what about you?
2: Uh, nothing in the way of uh figure purchases or anything like that. Um I did get a new phone this week. That was pretty pretty exciting.
0: All right, what what'd you go for?
2: Oh, I've got the new Galaxy S3. Oh, nice. It's a, it's a rocket ship and it feels very nice on the fingertips.
0: It didn't look much different to the uh the S2.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a, I think that's a squarey type of unit. This it is. one yeah. this one's uh sort of slimmer and it's gone back to the sort of the rounder edges of the the S one, but um it's thinner and um the glass tapers off right to the edge rather than stops in the, the actual viewable area. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's very nice in the hand. Nice, and, nice. Yeah. Um yeah, so that was good. Uh, nothing much else. Picked up the new um before Watchmen comic controversy. Ah, yes, yeah. Minutemen came out this week, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I, pr- I'm not con- not planning on getting any of the others, but I'm, I'm, I'm as opposed to you, Ben. I'm a bit of a Darwin Cook fan, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it, and I think it worked. Um, it, it extended the, the Watchmen ethos without. Um, you know, breaking anything. So I think uh, it proved that that can be done. I think the main issue is whether or not you you think um, Alan Moore's uh, uh, ego should be protected or not.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Uh, I mean... uh... At the end of the day, DC owns the property. Alan Moore no longer has any rights to it whatsoever. Um, it was a work for hire thing, so DC can really do as they please. Um, I mean, you know, it's... whether that's
2: you know whether you, know, you can you can say that that's right or wrong. You know that uh, they do do what they please with something that you know uh, the the creator is so vehemently. Uh, been against but
1: like you say they
2: own it so they can yeah yeah
1: and a contract's a contract
0: right yeah Mm. i think what this also falls into for a lot of people is that uh it it is considered one of the, the you know the the epics of all time and once you've done that you you just leave it alone basically you let it stand on its own and you don't sort of milk it um but you know then again it's almost like you know, if you see a really good movie and there's the chance of getting a sequel, well, you know, you're going to take your chances. And look, sometimes you end up with Terminator 2 and sometimes you don't. So <laughs>
2: Sometimes you end up with Spider-Man 3. <laughs> well, that's, that's
0: right. And somewhat Spider-Man 2 and a couple of bits of Spider-Man 1, but that's a story for another <laughs> day.
2: <laughs> But then you get Italian Spider-Man. <laughs> well, that's, that's it.
0: <laughs> you get that... Um, and there was a Filipino one of Batman versus Dracula. Oh,
2: really? Haven't <laughs> seen that one. That
0: was a mid-70s effort, I think. So. Yeah. All right,
2: so uh, nothing else then, Eli? No, I just want to apologise to Scott when he hears this discussion because we're probably going to lose some viewers by going into controversial uh, territory right. there.
0: Yeah, we don't do that, do we? So. <laughs> 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 yeah, um it's been... Um, been a, an interesting few weeks for me um, I celebrated uh, another anniversary of the Earth's rotation around the Sun and um, I received as a present the Kotabukya Thor statue and I um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one for me because I had decided that I wasn't going to get any of the Kota Bukaya Marvel statues because it is um, another line and I didn't want to sort of get too diverse with statues because of the prices, but um, this one was bought for me and uh, I have to say it's actually fantastic. Um, I really do like it. It's very detailed. Uh, I really like the pose. It's, it's Thor sort of doing his usual uh, standing firm with Mjolnir raised and um the good thing about it is it actually fits in pretty well with the bowen pieces so I've got him standing next to my bowen captain America and he he i mean you know if we really wanted to get petty with the whole six foot two versus six foot six thing then Thor's probably a bit big but when you see them standing together they actually look pretty good so yeah so that was a bit of a, a bit of a win. Score, yeah, and I think I'll save it for next week's episode. But I actually picked up a holy grail this week and uh, I got it for a good price, so I'm really stoked.
2: So, you're still not going to tell us what it is? No, you'll have
0: to wait till next week.
2: Jesus, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so all right. Well, I think if that's it for feeding the addiction and no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarre world? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or something worse. And handing out the penalty this week is me. And uh, this is an eBay one. We've decided to give uh, the big guys, Mattel, Hasbro, a bit of a week off, and we're going to pick on a bit of a seller on eBay. And uh, it was actually Scott that brought this one to our attention. And this is a seller on eBay who is selling the new Bowen Thanos on Throne figure. Um, Bowen Designs has released uh, another Thanos statue, and this one is him sitting on a throne and uh it's a very impressive statue and the scale is uh it's just off the charts it's just enormous uh, i can only imagine what the shipping would be on this sucker but anyway to the actual point uh it wasn't until a few of these pieces started to ship that um some reports started coming in that the quality wasn't actually very good with some of the statues, some paint issues and whatnot. And in uh, true um, tradition, we've got a seller who's taken full advantage and he's got his Thanos statue up on eBay for the very, very generous uh, $1,200 US. Buy it now. Jesus.
3: <laughs> Just- Who
0: that? Twelve hundred dollars so that's that's kind of four times uh, what the original c- price was, but what's actually quite interesting is the title that he used was um that uh, it was a recalled Bowen Thanos on the throne statue, but uh, Bowen has actually issued a statement saying that the statue is not being recalled. Um, they are actually halting further shipping on the statue until I can inspect each one. So it's not recalled, but just halted. And he's actually giving people the opportunity to send them back, uh, as he does with all of his statues. If you're not happy with a Bowen statue, you can send it back. It's as simple as that. Um, and so this, you know, this isn't a recalled statue, but this seller certainly seems to be pushing it like it is, and you know, has even put in a, an extra little story to say that uh, a friend of his got one of these statues, and it was broken in half. So, <laughs> so that means it must be poor quality, if his friend got one that was broken in half, because it couldn't possibly be anything else, you know, such as shipping or anything like that.
1: I mean, I've got plenty of glasses that have
0: been broken into lots of pieces, you know. Clearly, it's probably the glass, well, that, not by dropping it or anything. Exactly, exactly. But, look, to be fair, this um, this guy has been very generous in letting it go at $1,200 because he's actually stated that, you know, you should get this statue now for that um, that measly amount of $1,200 before it launches and it becomes, quote, buy it now before it hits $2,000 and beyond. <sighs> So look, I think you guys should probably run off and have a talk to your respective partners and uh, look at picking that sucker up because you know you'll regret it later. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and wake her up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a bit sad that that there are these people that, that do this sort of thing, and uh, hopefully we don't go to that next level and have people who are sad enough to actually pay those kinds of prices. But
1: oh yeah, I'm sure someone will eventually pay something stupid for one. But yeah. Surely
0: not now, right? It's interesting. Uh, I mean, I think the the run on this statue was only about six hundred. So, if you know, even a hundred gets sent back, um, that's that reduces it considerably. Because anything that gets returned to Bowen does get destroyed. And uh, if Bowen is checking, maybe the the last two hundred, you could really expect the run on that statue to be very, very small. So, hey, so yeah, you know, maybe it is worth twelve hundred dollars. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, because this is just blatant opportunism and, and greed, we're going to give this guy our red card of the week. All right, so coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week.
3: Thunder, thunder, thunder,
0: thunder. Introducing evil mutant warriors, Rataro
3: soldier man
2: Groon the Destroyer,
3: battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies. Hatchiman, Snowman, Tusco Warrior. The battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Figures and vehicles each sold separately from
0: LJF. Okay, our discussion topic of the week this week is action figure display and storage, and. Well, I guess one of the main reasons we collect all this stuff is the opportunity to just sit back and appreciate our collections, and uh, what better way is there to have them all organised in some manner of eye-pleasing display, and uh, certainly from what I've seen, collection displays come in all manner of shapes and sizes and varying degrees of effort, and the, the result can be something pretty special, but... Uh, Not all of us have unlimited space and resources And uh, certainly cash for those custom fittings And of course there is the spousal approval to worry about But there are all kinds of ways to get the most out of our collection So, yeah, let's discuss Guys, um, displaying your collection Why don't we start fairly broad And Eli, how do you sort of display your collection? Are you limited to certain parts of the house?
2: Oh, most definitely, yeah. I um, I don't have a, a spouse who's that keen on me uh, decorating the house in, in in the fashion that I might <laughs> want to. Sure. Um, yeah, we actually had a pretty uh, lively discussion about it last week when a friend over who's he's into. He's not into figures, but he's into comic book um, culture, and we were talking about well, what is it that you don't like about the action figures and. It turns out she doesn't really like sculpture either. She's She likes art, but not sculpture. So that's oh, a different okay. story anyway. But I think there's a, you know, there's a deeper thing is I don't want to see bits of plastic lying around or, um, yeah. So what that means is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty restricted. I'm allowed to have some stuff out. Um, it's usually in bookshelves. Um, it's, you know, I have some figures that, sit in front of uh, my, you know, my trade paperbacks and hardcovers. Um, if I've got a bit of space between books, you know, on, on, the, on the old Billy bookcase, you know, I might actually put in a little group or a, a scene of some sort, like, you know, the Necker uh, Turtles or uh, uh, New Frontier figures. So, would you say that
0: your collection is sort of pretty much limited to your sort of comic room or man cave?
2: Yeah, well, I don't actually have a separate room. It's, it's you know, we've got some bookshelves um, out in, the, in our main lounge room. We've also got some in 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 the bedroom. Yeah. And at the moment, they're restricted to the bedroom. When we moved to our new place, we actually lost our, uh, the man cave, I guess, area, which was like a sunroom. So was suddenly my, my ability to display stuff was severely cut just oh, by moving. Okay. We moved to a bigger place, but suddenly I had less room.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> so is it obvious when you walk through the front door, is, does anything sort of greet you as you,
2: no. you walk in? Uh, no, yeah. it's not, not like Scott's entrance from, <laughs> from all accounts. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I um, so it, it's pretty conservative and... Um, I don't have everything out. I have a lot of stuff uh, in a um, one of those under-the-bed boxes, plastic boxes from Ikea yeah. with the lid on it, and um, they're all neatly in there, and uh, I swap out stuff uh, when I get sick of seeing certain figures, go okay, it's time to bring out something new, or if I buy something new that I want to have on display.
0: That's not a bad way to do it. Hey. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. What about you, Adam? What's uh, how how sort of broad is is your collection displayed?
1: Um, so I've also, well, I've got my own little study room. My um, wife's well, got her own study room, so pretty much we can do whatever we want in those two rooms. So that's not really an issue. And then we've got our little nerd room uh, in our house, which is actually kind of our library for all our books and comics and CDs and DVDs and that kind of thing. Um, so there's a few figures in there, and other than that. Um, the only things that's really on display out in the main area of the house is um, the wife's Lego table, um, which, you know, sure, whatever. I don't think she has any problem with me putting stuff on display in the house. But yeah. being a neat freak and whatever that I am, I just kind of don't want to see the clutter around the house from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes it can be about clutter, and I guess we'll, we'll get onto that a bit later. But uh, I used to... Um, share a house with uh, forum, AFB Forum member Tyrock, uh, my buddy Nick, and he's writing to comics and toys and that sort of thing, and so between the two of us, we had tons of stuff, so we used to have crap everywhere, like every room in the house had stuff in, in some manner of display, but uh, once I, I met the, uh, the beloved, um, while she's very supporting uh, of my hobbies, um, there are some sort of agreed restrictions. I My collection is in two rooms of the house. Uh, I've got what I call the comic room and it's just that. It's where I store all my comics but uh, I actually have a series of sort of white melamine bookcases that line the walls and uh, I use those for my display. So um, if you walk into my man cave uh, there's just stuff everywhere on display. Uh, I've got um, you know all my Marvel Legends out, etc. But the other thing I have is um, we we have sort of two lounge rooms, uh, like a lounge room and a, a family room. And the lounge room is set up with the the home theater in it. But that's the room I actually have a lot of my statues on display. Um, my wife is um, she actually really appreciates a lot of the statues, just the aesthetics. And I guess as long as they're sort of not cluttered, um, she she's quite happy to have those out and but i think now i'm at a point where i've probably got as many displayed as i could um and she's kind of like hmm if you want to put that one on display you're gonna have to put something else back
1: yeah i can get that as a as a concern
0: yeah in fact most of the things she's she quite likes i think the only thing she wasn't sold on was my um I've got one of the life-size Terminator T-800 endoskeleton skulls. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's not a big fan of that one, especially when I turn the lights on and the eyes light up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd
1: be smashing that with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Just for my own peace of mind. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's all right. You know, you don't have the body sort of crawling its way across the floor, you know, to hunt you down. So. <laughs> But um, yeah, so that that's pretty much it, and I think it's a, it's not a bad agreement. That means that you know my wife has some parts of the house that are hers, and she has some of her things on display. She has a a display case. Um, she collects uh, the Swarovski crystal, and so she's got a display case with um, that in it, and that's in her room. So we've kind of got a few rooms of our own. So yeah. so um. Yeah, so I guess going a little bit smaller from room to to sort of the next thing down, there's certainly a lot of different ways we can display our collections. But I guess for a lot of collectors, this is where things uh, really start to sort of separate out because uh, ideally, I guess what we'd all love is those sort of two metre high glass display cases with glass shelves and lights in them so that you can... Sort of pack them all in, but uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly never managed to see those for a, a pretty good price. Yeah, no,
1: the closest I've ever gotten is just the Detolf Ikea cabinets or whatever
0: they are. Well, certainly Ikea is a name that comes up quite often in these kinds of displays. Uh, I mean, a lot of the display cases that I look at um, whenever I go to one of those sort of furniture stores, you, you know, you're looking at a thousand dollars for something that's really good quality, but I um, Ikea seem to have a, a pretty good range of um, alternatives, I guess. The, the details and things like that seem to be quite good value.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes you do want a nice bit of furniture if it's just going to be out in the general areas or whatever. But, I mean, yeah. if you just want something, you're just going to shove in a corner or whatever or that you're not going to worry about knocking over or anything like that. You might as well just go for something from Ikea that's affordable.
0: Yeah, and I guess, I guess when it comes down to it, you you look at some of the prices of those expensive display cases and you sort of realise, hmm, instead of spending the money on that, if I didn't, I could buy that, 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 and that <laughs> instead. And So, uh, yeah, I don't, and that's just one display case when I guess ideally you'd like, you know, two or three or more. Mm. Yeah. So, and uh, what about lighting, guys? Do you guys do anything fancy with lights or is it pretty much just the standard
2: oh, i think I, I i would if i could if if i was allowed, allowed to bring that much attention to it <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> um, i suppose yeah, having lights does
0: bring attention to it doesn't it, it yeah kind
2: of and there are a lot of you know neat little things you can do with um ikea lighting as well um you know, they're, they're set up for it, a lot of their cases. You know, they've already got the accessories that are fit for purpose to, to go with some of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they certainly have nailed it. Uh, I have noticed that there are some, uh, some of the sort of Chinese manufacturers are starting to make um, flat-packed display cases as well, which is sort of bringing the prices down. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but buying one of those kind of cheap, manufactured display, you know, glass display cases and then filling it full of expensive statues would just make me extremely nervous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: have any statues in mind, so... Yeah, fair enough. I was actually very lucky. Um, Some people might have seen photos of my um, statues in, in my lounge room. I just happened to be walking past a music store that was closing down and they had some uh, display cabinets up on the wall that they used to put, um, things like, uh, music related sort of jewelry and wallets and all that sort of thing. And I just happened to ask the guy if he was selling them. And, uh, he said he was, and I asked how much and he ummed and ahed and said, oh, look, they cost me $500 each to have custom made. And he ummed and he said, oh, I've got to get rid of them today. And I said, okay, well, you know, I want four of them. And he ended up selling them to me for a hundred dollars each. And so, um, yeah, it was a pretty good score because they're very nicely made. And uh, as it turns out, I only put three up on the wall because uh, I think four would have looked a bit cluttered. So I had three and I've got one just sitting in the garage.
2: So. Nice score. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, you know, it was, uh, and at first it was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to get some statues in. They're going to look so awesome. And, and now I'm like, oh, man, I've run out of room already and I can really <laughs> do with a few more of those. But um, yeah, I think I've pushed the uh, pushed the parcel just a little bit much with the the dear wife. So just
1: drill holes in the bottom of it make it into a table, which needs a display table.
0: Well, I mean, we have seen some things like that. Uh, I think there was some photos getting around of a guy who bought the Hot Toys tumbler, and he actually had it inside a, a glass coffee table. Which, mm. um, yeah, it makes perfect sense, I guess.
1: the right size, right scale
0: yeah all right well let's uh let's shrink it down again and let's actually get on to the point of the actual display so um i mean we obviously you know eli you mentioned uh a couple of things like displaying your um your darwin cook figures but are you guys do you display in themes do you keep certain lines together um or do you just sort of whatever looks good at the time
2: uh, I'm pretty much whatever I think looks good I'm I actually I'm happy to mix things up um, I, I tend not to stick like Marvel and DC stuff together by design um, unless there's you know a bit of a, a visual gag that's there Um <laughs> With the with the turtles, they go with everything. It's pretty funny. You put them next to anything that's got swords or martial arts or something like that. So, <laughs> and because of the scale they are, it kind of doesn't matter. They're already you know they're already smaller. So. You know, I stick 'em with some of the Masters of the Universe stuff or the DCUC stuff or anything that's ready for a fight. At the moment I've got uh I've got them uh teaming up with Bronze Tiger and uh, it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how come we're not getting photos of these things on the AFB forum?
2: Oh don't know.
0: Come on, you need to test out that new Samsung phone, don't you?
2: Yeah, I guess I do. All
0: right, we're gonna we're gonna make sure you commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Adam? How do, how's just your
2: setup?
1: Um... Mine is pretty much divided along uh, lines and then by teams. So I've got, you know, all my Marvel Legends are separated into particular bits of the D12 cabinets, and they're kind of, you know, Avengers teams, X-Men teams, X-Men villain teams, Spider-Man team, Fan4 team, Marvel Knights team. Okay. And then, you know, my Marvel Universe is a... Not quite as well separated, mainly because it's almost impossible, but there's an X-Men one and there's an Iron Man Hall of Armour one, and other than that, it's just kind of bedlam in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, It's interesting, um, Hyperion from uh, Critical Mess mentioned that um, a lot of his figures are actually set up with villains together and heroes together, so he sets up a bit of a DC villain war. Um, and I was sort of thinking about that and I thought that was pretty cool and then I actually realised that when I set up my Marvel Legends which was the first sort of major toy line I committed to uh, I started sort of putting them in the bookshelves and when I was sort of getting them wave by wave I, I was literally displaying them on two shelves um, and I was just doing heroes and villains, and I wasn't making any effort to separate the heroes into X Men or Avengers. So I just had heroes and villains, and then over time those two shelves filled up, and um, I actually just got really lazy, and rather than re really sort of structure them, I just all the new figures went onto the third shelf, and then eventually the fourth shelf, and so you know I've got two shelves of Marvel Legends, uh, which are this complete hodgepodge of random random figures, and then two that look pretty cool with the heroes and the villains, and it's even sadder, my bottom shelf is, um, it's just got this stack of sleeping sentinels, because the sentinels are actually too big to fit on any of the shelves. <laughs> uh, they're all just kind of lay, <laughs> laying on top of each other in this giant robot orgy. So. <laughs> Don't cry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, but uh, I certainly do like the idea of, you know, uh, setting up figures in themes, but um, I don't know that I could be bothered changing things around. Um, I mean, if you haven't already got it set up a certain way, then changing it could certainly take um, be, be quite the epic. I I recently cleaned out one of my bookcases, uh, I moved a lot of DVDs out into another room, and so that freed up the the display, uh, the the bookcase. And so I thought, great, now it's time to get out, you know, all of my DC Universe classics and set them up. And then I sort of realised. What an epic it was going to be taking each figure out and going, okay, uh, which shelf is this one going to go on? You know, do I start a, a shelf with the New Gods in this corner? And it's basically been like that for about four months now. It's just empty with about six figures just randomly <laughs> scattered across the shelves. So, you know, it's um, it's pretty pretty lazy. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's okay though. Like if you can, if 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 you're happy with how it looks, um, other you know aside from oh, I can't actually fit it anywhere, or, or it's just it's clutter at the bottom of the shelf until I eventually get to it. But if you're generally happy with it, it 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 comes back to that thing is what you, what looks good for you, what makes you um you know sit yeah. there and and I you know I always catch myself you know just looking at my shelves. With, <laughs> Looking at the books, Jeez, those spines look nice. You know. Those <laughs> figures look good. Brushing my teeth, checking them out, yeah.
0: <laughs> appreciating your loot. Nice, I like yeah. that. I like that. I noticed some, um, you know, engineer nerd mentioned that uh, he he does group his together. Um, you know, he has his his muppets and his simpsons uh, are all sort of grouped in their respective lines, and I, I would imagine that. Those lines in particular would just look fantastic, um, all, all grouped together. Um, but something that actually, when I was sort of reading um, Engineer Nerd's post, is I can actually recall it with uh, a Star Wars display. He actually had a setup on one of his shelves where he had, uh, I don't know that he was going for a specific scene from the film, um, you know, it was one of those, probably one of those ones where the Emperor's shuttle is coming into land, but basically the focus of that. Um, sort of setup that he had was lines and lines of um, stormtroopers but what he did is he actually has uh, a mirror uh, on one side of the bookcase and so if you stand in the right spot it actually looks like you've got double the amount of stormtroopers uh, on the shelf which i think is um, that's, mm,
2: that's very clever
0: it is for, for such a i guess a simple idea it could be really quite effective so, so I know, um, you know, Eli. You mentioned that you, you don't really have the the space to do it, but Adam, mm-hmm. you've got a bit of a diorama going with the uh, the Lego.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that one's you know, as I said, i have trying to build a tier for that so it can have a subway, but that's just basically one and a half meter by one and a half meter table, um, and it's just kind of in the a little bit of an the way part of the the house, and it's pretty much just um, all city themed stuff which is what my wife's into um and a lot of the the key center of that diorama is um some of the the oh what are they it started off with cafe corner i think the set was so they're all these um kind of deluxe sets that are you know modular buildings that you can take them apart floor by floor and they click together and form these really nice kind of real world looking buildings
0: yeah yeah
1: and then just got kind of you know a standard police set and a standard fire set and what, an airport set whatever just around the corner it, around the table where they'll fit in. But
2: yeah, yep. Yeah. Well,
0: I guess if space wasn't as much of an issue um, as it is, and maybe you had the. Uh, the approval of the other half. Do you think dioramas are the kind of things you guys would go for? Like, you know, Eli, would you like a, you know, a six inch scale bat cave with a, a giant penny and a Joker playing
2: card, etc.? cetera? Uh, probably not. There might be a couple of pieces that are, you know, that. Um are indicative of a larger scene that I could work with. So, you know, maybe I'd, I'd have in the corner of a, an area have like the giant penny or something without actually having having um, something pretty well, realistic is the wrong word, I guess, but without setting up a full cave thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's the sort of thing that you'd have to be pretty dedicated. I mean, to make it certainly look good and, and have people actually walk in and say, wow, it, you'd have to be uh, pretty committed, and that would mean something fairly large and fairly detailed, and, um, you know, all to display maybe sort of two or three figures, you know, with Batman, Robin and Alfred or something like that. But, um, mm. you know, maybe even just, uh, you know, one thing that I would like is... a. Uh, Six inch scale Batmobile that I could just sort of sit in on the shelf with the rest of the figures and have everyone else just sort of standing around it
2: yeah, how about that Where is that that uh, yeah. that scale Batmobile <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think we're going to get into vehicles uh, in a few more episodes, and I suspect that's probably something that's going to come up. um,
2: Oh, a little little bit of a news segue. Just should have mentioned this before. (laughs) Apparently, the licensing's been cleared up for the Batman uh, 1960s TV show. Warner Brothers is going to start um, pumping out some merchandise, I believe. Ah, yes, I saw that too. I wonder if that holds for the TV series on DVD. Well, they said... Nothing forthcoming as yet, but you would hope that leads to that.
0: Hmm. Mm. Exactly. That'll, that'll be interesting. I think everybody better buy it now after spending so many years
2: bitching about it.
1: We'll <laughs> all buy it and go, oh, man, this is like low quality. Uh, this is awful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what was the point of getting this on Blu-ray?
0: <laughs> yeah, can't believe how bad it actually was, et cetera, et cetera. So, all right. Well, what about you, Adam? Are you you know you're um, quite a an avid three and three quarter um, collector, particularly Marvel. Um, you know, would you be interested in a diorama of you know the maybe the front facade of Avengers Mansion or something like that?
1: Yeah, I, I have thought about this. I think I said my other time maybe getting some kind of thing built custom. You know, whether you took a dollhouse or whatever and knocked it up that kind of size. But I was just kind of going, uh, where would I put it? <laughs> so, yeah, if I did have the space. And then I'm kind of going, but then what's the point of having the whole whole size of it? Because you're not going to see the inside that well. You're going to have to have pull-away walls and, I don't know, I think at the end of the day, I'd just be kind of going, oh, I'm kind of unhappy with this. It just seemed kind of gimmicky.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that. That reflects on sort of the sort of thing I'd be interested in. Oh, when The more I think about dioramas, I'm not so much interested in a, a full-on 3D interactive diorama, but I actually like the idea of something in the background, so not a, a huge bat cave, but something that you could put in the back of the bookcase to look like you know, some kind of simulated bat cave rather than just have a, a single colour um, at the back. Yeah. So I'm surprised someone hasn't actually whipped those up. Um, something you know you can print out on your your colour laser printer, and I certainly know they do that for GI Joe.
1: Mm. Well, we used to get the backs of what the Marvel Legends that had like that diorama picture thing. Yeah, Point. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, you know when you do sort of display groups of figures are you more inclined to have batman um in the justice league with the other big guns or would you prefer him on a batman shelf with the rest of the batman characters and if so do you prefer the bat villains to be with the bat heroes or the villains to be with the villains Mm. (laughs) it's an interesting one
2: i think um because I, uh, you know, when you when you've got limited space, you look for what's what's the the most classic version of a character that I'd be happy with. Because I I can't I can't maintain six different versions. That's just not going to happen. Mm. Um, and with Batman, particularly, you know, I, I, I'm at odds with that because I still don't think we've got the the ultimate classic Batman for me. That's you know, I guess the uh, sort of the 1970s, 1980s. Type about men with the yellow chair symbol we've seen a few um the um, the killing joke um one oh, yes, based yes. on the brian bolland artwork which is pretty much the same figure as the hugo strange secret identities one as well i think yeah. Um, which is pretty nice, but it's still not quite there. Um, but I want a character like that, and I want a classic Wonder Woman, and I want a classic Superman, you know, have the Trinity, at least have those. Yeah. Uh and but then if you get none of those, the classic versions that I would think are probably the best ones, uh actually strictly sit well with each other so that brian bolland batman doesn't go well with the terry dodson wonder woman and maybe the kurt swan superman or you know they're my sort of choices but they they kind of go but you know it's just slightly jarring
0: yeah and i mean there there are some collectors uh, particularly on on critical mess who are Devoted to to building teams and, you know, Mm. multiples of each figure and, um, you know, I mean, I was happy with the the DC Universe Classics Zatanna figure, but a lot of people really want that Perez-era satellite, sorry, the Perez-satellite-era Zatanna to go with their satellite-era JLA and, um, you know, I really have to, you know, my hat's off to those guys for wanting to... Develop each and every one of those incarnations, but um, I I just couldn't do it. Not only would I not have the space, but it would drive me crazy. Um, I'm very much a one off type person. If I have Batman on my shelf, uh, I'd have to decide whether he went with the JLA or whether he went on the Bat shelf with the rest of the Bat characters. Um, I I wouldn't have sort of one in each. You know, I, I do sort of have that sort of collector mentality of universe building, so one instance of each figure. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And, um, it's interesting, like Marvel was saying on the mess that he he sort of is in the middle of building his environment for his hero clicks, and he's got quite the uh, quite the scene going, you know, defending uh, the defending the room from a, a monstrous Galactus, etc. And yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, his six-inch figures are still waiting. Um, and I guess that's. The same thing for a lot of us. We we don't have all of our stuff out on display. So, so when it comes to storage, what what do you guys do? Do you do you leave stuff in the pack because you know, or on the card because you know you're going to put it in storage and it's easier, or do you take it out to save some space and and you know pack all the little dollies in together into a box? Or
2: uh, being an opener. If if it's not open, then it's just going to get sold for me. <laughs>
0: okay, that's pretty definitive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, you know, my strategy is that I can't grow my collection, let alone what I can display. So I'm, I'm, yeah, if have to be pretty brutal and the stuff that I have in my storage box under under the bed is, you know, I have to be reasonably confident that I'm actually going to have them out at some stage if we move to another house and I can have more space, for instance. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't buy anything just to store. I don't, yeah, I don't
1: really have to, anything that I store at the moment. I mean, it either goes cabinet or... Um, That's pretty much it. The hero clicks I have are all in um, they're not quite fishing tackle boxes, but they're similar.
2: Oh it's it's a
1: convenient kinda size for all of those guys. Yeah. And then you can kinda stack all these things up and you can still see the hero clicks inside. Uh, other than that I've just got all like the weapons and stuff that I don't use chucked in a couple of the boxes.
0: Yeah, it's certainly amazing when you go to those hardware stores and you know, there's, there's all those guys looking at those boxes for all their, mm. you know, nuts and screws and various bits and pieces, and we're busy looking at them as to you know what yeah. kind of accessories we can store.
2: Can I fit a full length figure in one of these?
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've still got a lot of stuff that's um, still in the packaging uh, for various reasons because I, I sort of moved a few times over a couple of years, and I actually found it easier at the time to just keep things um, on the card, especially figures that had a lot of accessories. Uh, I just thought rather than sort of open it up and then have to worry about dealing with you know, each of the bits and pieces, it was just easy to put them all in a box. Um, I think my DC Direct uh, Justice uh, in particular, because when I had them on display at the time, I didn't have a lot of space. So I actually just started putting them on the top of a bookcase in their, their boxes with that... Sort of the you know the window at the front, and when you stack them on top of each other, they you know they all look quite good, sort of lined up and staring out of their little prisms at you. And um, to this day, they're still on display like that in in the box. I just never really got around to opening them. So
2: yeah, I think the new Frontier figures display like that well. Yeah, as well, but um, not mine. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually had a win um, about four or five months ago when uh, I was actually tidying up in the garage and I just had moving boxes full of stuff and I was forever sort of lifting this box off of this box to see what was in the box underneath and that kind of thing and I ended up getting on eBay and I bought some of those, um, I guess you call them, it's a bit of a, it's almost like a pantry, um, they're these sort of metal cupboards with the two long doors and I ended up getting three of those and they lined the back wall of my garage and they became um, storage. And I must admit, it was one of the best things I've done because I was really able to sort of pack stuff into those, onto those shelves. And it's much easier to get at now and uh, there's no more sort of wondering what was in that box down there. It's all right in front of you as soon as you open the doors. Mm.
1: Can I
2: just
0: say,
1: cupboards are one of the few things that you don't necessarily get cheaper at Ikea?
0: Yes, yeah, I ended up getting these off uh, eBay, and they had to be assembled, but um, yeah, they came together pretty well, and I think they look pretty good.
2: The frames are cheap, it's the doors that cost you at IKEA, Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is um, actually a good point about glass doors. Um, you know, Billy Bookcases, for instance, they're, they're pretty dirt cheap, but as soon as you want to get a nice glass door on there, that's where you're, you're paying paying money. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, we have mentioned a few of the um, the, the posts we got when we threw these questions out to uh, the usual sort of forums and Facebook, and um, one of the AFB forum members, Saranga, um, she replied on um, Twitter and actually said that she, she basically displays her figures wherever she's got space, and uh, I think she's much like yourself, Eli, where um, they take up that, that little sort of inch or two in front of um, mm. the books mm. on the bookshelf, mm. But when we mention storage, I think the, the most common thing that seems to come up repeatedly are those sort of clear plastic storage tubs. Um, people seem to, you know, have taken on those um, quite passionately to, to sort of pack in the figures and store them under beds and in, in closets and things like that. So, all right, well, I guess one last thing I was going to mention is dust. <sighs> dust. Yeah, it's or... got to be the the just most despised uh, you know entity of the action figure world. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I just don't know where it comes from. I mean, okay, yeah, look, I know where it comes from, but um, it's
2: dead skin cells, man.
0: Ooh, uh, I didn't want to go there, but <laughs> you already have, so we'll just move right along. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but. I just can't believe how it's like action figures attract it. It's just amazing like those cabinets I mentioned in my uh, lounge room with the statues in it um, they're they're sort of sealed display cabinets with glass doors and the the edge where the glass meets the cabinet is it's just microscopic, they're so well fitted. Yet the other day I was moving some stuff around in there and I sort of thought, oh, hang on, and I ran my finger along the bottom shelf and it was all this dust. And it's like, but but how did they get in there? Like, it's just, I don't know, I don't get it. So I think it's just one of those ongoing curses and mm. uh, I don't know that there's any real answer to it.
2: Well, what's even worse um, is custom figures. Those things, because they don't have the same, um, you know, factory process you know we're, we're using you know lots of paint and glue and and trying to do all the things to make them look nice and i find that um they they attract dust more so or or, or it becomes more obvious i guess and they're and they're more um uh, affected by any of the other elements around so sunlight cold dust all these yeah. things yeah
1: yeah so yeah. and in- is that Sorry, am. be because of the smooth, like whether
2: the finishes are smooth or. Yeah, it might just be because of the. Um, uh, well, the, I think the cold, cold can uh, I think affects the um, the 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 layers of paint that you've got on top of plastic as opposed to sculpting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you put a, a dull coat or something over the top of it, and it's got to be really well uh evenly coated for it um, to to get the best out of it. But um I I find dust just shows up pretty easily. And yeah. it's and it's harder to actually just brush off because, you know, they're not they're not a custom figure is not a thing you could give to a kid to play with. It it it'd show pretty quickly as soon as they start playing with it and paint oh, rubs yes. off. Yeah. And, and and dust just shows up more, I found.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I mean, a lot of my customs, uh, I don't use dull coat. I just use the whatever the original finish of the paint is, mm. and, and just leave it uh, as is. And um, you know, because of that, you, you do have a bit of a shine. And, and so, for instance, my Gladiator, which has that sort of dark blue paint, that really shows up the dust. It's it's quite miserable. Mm. So, all right, well, I think we might wrap this one up, guys, and I, I think I'm going to just sign off and say um, I have to really give some credit to uh, Critical Mess member Jay Sayonara because he mentions that he takes his collection down every once in a while and uh, he gives all these figures uh, a good wash using Q-tips dipped in water to remove the dust.
1: Oh, God, that'd take forever, though, <laughs> <it>? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Indeed, indeed. Surely you're just
1: like, taking the bath and have a play, it's you know
0: more fun. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't gonna say anything, Adam. That was just between us.
1: <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> All right.
0: Okay, guys. Well, I think that was a pretty good effort and that wraps up our discussion topic. We'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up.
3: is Kiss, each sold separately, and you can put them in any crazy pose you want. Each 12 and a half inch figure sold separately by me.
0: Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. And, Adam, you have our first piece of feedback tonight, so over to you.
1: Yeah, ta, we've got an email from Ian. It says, uh, guys, I've been listening since your very first episode and thought it was Tom I wrote in to tell you how much I'm enjoying the AFB podcast. You guys sure do give a toy collector like me from Minnesota, USA, a different perspective on collecting toys. I love the range of topics you cover and all of the different segments, especially hearing you talk about the new things you've collected. I also love the bloopers at the end of each show. Sometimes they make me laugh out loud, which is funny since I listen while I'm working. (laughs) (laughs) It would be interesting to hear sometime what lines are available at retail in Australia and what you just can't get over there and to hear how much you have to pay for stuff compared to the US. Thank you for your interest... Interesting take on collecting. Your show has
0: become one of my must-listens each week, Ian. Cool. Well, thanks very much for that, Ian. And yeah, as we mentioned earlier, just uh, I think it was in the news, we were um, sort of talking about uh, the Spider-Man figures and their availability in Australia, but also, um, you know, I guess the general lack of availability of everything else. And uh, yeah, in a few weeks' time, we might actually make that our discussion topic and just talk about how things have sort of changed over the years and brought us to where we are today so, all right, well, moving on. Um, Eli, you've got some feedback.
2: Yeah, we've got an email from Rosie. Um, she says, hey, boys, which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that was fun Um, (laughs) thanks for the uh, episode 16 focus on the secondary market I've just started collecting statues and high end pieces in the last year using eBay and I've experienced many of the pitfalls you spoke about I wish I had had your podcast to listen to before I started the main thing I took away from listening was that it is okay to ask questions and be specific about how you want things packed etc and I've already taken that on board thanks for providing a really informative practical and down to Earth service to the toy community. I will be listening again for sure. Well, thanks, Rosie.
0: Yeah, cool. Wow, I didn't realise that we were, you know, providing a, a service. I just thought we were some dudes getting we, together.
2: I thought <laughs> we made it clear we weren't providing a service. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's right. We <laughs> have to start charging 10% now. Yeah. I was going to say, we couldn't agree on the rates. <laughs> <laughs> 10% and <of> nothing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and poor Rosie, she's just started collecting statues and high-end pieces, so I hope she hasn't been suckered by the... Uh, the Thanos on Throne um, <laughs> scam that's currently going on on eBay. So don't buy it. Don't buy it. It's, uh, yeah.
3: uh,
0: it's a scam. All right. Well, thanks for that. Um, all right. Well, we'll move on. That uh, That brings us to the end of episode number 17 of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our latest rants, raves, and other assorted outbursts you'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or subscribing at iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. Uh, While you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there, and uh, it'd be really cool if you could visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and popculture.com, who help keep the site running. Um, When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. You will find Eli posting there as Dozy Muppet. You will find Adam posting as Westy. And you'll find me, Ben, posting as Fish Milkshake. Uh, and look, we'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics, and you can do it by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or look, join up at the forum and come and say g'day and uh, tell us uh, tell us all about it there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter, at AFBlues, and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Wow, that's always an epic... All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Thank you very much for your company.
1: Thank you. Well done. Pleasure to be here, as always.
0: Excellent, and I'll know you'll notice the uh, distinct lack of bloopers for this episode. I'm um, starting to wonder whether that just comes down to the professional nature of the uh, respective hosts. Mm.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed. All right, thanks, guys, and we shall catch up next time. Later. See ya. Sure. Bye. Yeah. Have you finished destroying things? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I'm not quite, but.
0: we'll see how we go. I like how you guys time it when I say, okay, we're right to do this, and it's like, yep, and then there's the crash bang and... <laughs> finish typing and doing such things like that and somebody's sniffing that was me too <laughs> good on ya. <laughs> yes all right you finish with all the bodily functions and the typing and whatnot yes yeah, sure. all right okay let's do this thing